All right, so for context, Brad Pitt probably makes 30 mil a movie. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so these movies combined, um, and I don't know if that number's right, but these movies, for context, Adam Sandler got paid like $200 million for th- like three Netflix movies. But anyways, these Avatar movies, I think it was like $600 million for to make the two movies. That's insane. I, Isn't that see, crazy? I don't even... I'm, it's crazy. It's such wouldn't a know where to start. So what are the what are the actors profiting? That. That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, I was confused because they use these names. I mean, Zo- I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, Hollywood like as well. Some people do. I know, I know some stuff. I watch some stuff. But um, Zoe Saldana is a big name. She's one of the one of the actresses. Don't and know Sam her. Worthington is another one. Don't know. And um, yeah, and I don't, I don't really know them. But um, but I was like, if they're just blue people, like, why are you paying real? Why are you paying humans? Like, I don't even know. I was like, just, just like make him a blue person. Um, and so, yeah, that was a little, I, I didn't know what, what they do that or why they do that. I guess they have to like base it off of a, off of a, a real person or something. Or results. Well, I thought that was strange. I mean, yeah, it's who knows what they're, the, the CGI is probably insane though. Yeah. That's, that's probably crazy. the bulk of the money. Oh yeah. It's just a bunch, bunch of nerds just grinding at that. So yeah, that, but it was good. It was, we were like, it was one of those things where it's, we've only seen, uh, or we we saw it like a month after, so it's like we were there's just four of us in the theater, like the two hundred person theater. So yeah. I was like that. I I was, was kind of like going uh going a couple weeks after because it's nice to just be alone there. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's Avatar talk. I kind of like it. That's um not where I saw this going, but I'm I'm happy. <laughs> I saw Black yeah, no, I, went... pa- I saw Black Panther this past week. Oh, that's still in, that's still in theaters, right? Was that pre Avatar yeah. or post Avatar? I forget. Post Avatar. Oh, post Avatar. Or excuse post me, like, pre. Yeah. Pre, it's uh, Sorry. it's uh, the second one. Uh, yeah, it is. How is that? Damn, R.I.P. Um, I'm saying R.I.P. But I don't, I forget his name. Bozeman, R.I.P. Chadwick Bozeman. Yeah, legend. yeah, legend. Um, I thought it was okay. Mar- yeah. Marvel's Marvel stock is way down, in my opinion. Uh, do you think since it's Disney, a, do you think bought, it's Disney like a... bought it, and it, it's been, I think it's been very, um. Oh, oh you think that's like family friendly and all that now? It's like too. It's like almost to a fault. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I have my own opinions on it, but I definitely think it's became like less. It, it just, yeah, they, they've cool they've become anymore. soft, if you would. Do you think, uh, yeah, Black Panther's soft? I wonder why. I wonder why it says that. Uh, no, but do you think it's it's like almost a desensitization thing? Yes. Like, okay, yeah. this is the. Oh, so so we watched the movie um, and the trailers. They might have showed seven movies. For trailers, um, I think four were Marvel movies. Yeah, just like random ass Marvel movies. Well, so I mean, they have a they have a limited money, and everyone every single Mar- Marvel movie makes a this billion whole, dollars. This whole Marvel like, phase was super weak. The Thor movie I thought was weak. Like yeah. I, I thought overall, it, just the way they they didn't tie into the bigger picture, and you know maybe that's by design, but um, <clears throat> I, yeah, what, not, not great, not great across the, uh, the board. What's the end of the era? Is the end of the era um, Endgame? Is that kind of where it stopped, where it fell off, or what is it for you? I think so, yeah. I think all yeah. the shows have not been great. I mean, there have been – Moon Knight was cool. Um, trying to think. Like, the Captain America Winter Soldier was eh. She-Hulk, eh. Like, I just think they've missed on a lot of them. Miss Marvel, I thought, was terrible. So um, this, is, uh, this is not Marvel, but I heard that Velma show kind of blows. I haven't seen it. I saw I saw The Last of Us last night. Super. Oh good. yeah, an incredible video game. If you're still gaming, that's a video game. Yeah. That probably blows I, the show. Never, I knew. I know it's a video game, but the the show seems like it's gonna be legit. 
Only video game I've ever cried playing. Really? Yeah. Maybe a foreshadowing for, yeah, for what I'm for in you. store for. I'm very you, excited so. to watch it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a uh, yeah. Have you have you seen a bad guy yet? Are they like crazy looking? Uh yeah, they're they're wild. They're yeah, fast. Bad. They're fast guys. They're yeah, fast bad, zombie guys. The bad people are crazy looking. So yeah, but no, uh, yeah, but no. I I went saw Avatar. I went went skiing, which was fun as always. What else did I do? Had a we had is a skiing, celebration. Is skiing for, a, a, a every week thing for you at this point? It is for me. Well, it's so much money. It's like it's like fifteen hundred bucks for the season. So it's yeah. like uh, it's crazy. But, but each day is like one fifty. So it's like you know you go ten times. One season make from money back from December to early December to like April. Yeah. So yeah, I've gone like six, five, six, five times, six same, times. Same mountain. Yeah, same mountain each time. So, and I'll go with Rachel one time. So I'll, I'll you know teach her, and then the next time I'll go and I'll uh, go go by myself or something. So I was going backwards all like the whole time while she's going forwards, sort of thing. It's all uh, right. She's learning. Yeah, no, she's grinding, so she has a little bit of the fear, a little bit of that. I don't want to go too fast, which is uh, understandable. Um, well, I like the movie talk. Um, just to give everyone a, an overview of this show, uh, episode 34, how about us? Um, still going, still loving it. Uh, anyway, a million. Anyways, uh, I wanted to hit on a few buzz lines, I like to call it. Um, wanted to talk about Tom Brady a little bit, uh, maybe some pats, and then... We'll have Buzz and Bees again with uh, Lee and Griff uh, after your Celtics Weekly. And then uh, playoff pickums with Connor Meehan, Ethan Ennis, uh, crazy NFL uh, wildcard weekend. So definitely a lot to get into. Uh, wanted to, like I said, start with Tom Brady. Uh, potentially going out very, very sad. Uh, losing Monday night to the Cowboys 14-31. to and it wasn't even that close. Um, Tom Brady throws his first red zone interception since 2019. Um, his stats weren't great. And obviously it ended terribly. This has not been a good season, uh, you know, professionally on the field or obviously with, with his personal stuff going on in the divorce. I mean, that's he's still a human being, um, although he doesn't seem like it half the time. Uh, that's still a lot to kind of deal with. Um, and that, that's real life stuff. So that's always a variable. I kind of just like, there's so much talk about what's his next endeavor. I definitely don't think it's, it's with Tampa. I don't know if you by chance, Matt, listened to the post game interview, but he was kind of thanking everybody and, um, giving the whole like close up tour. Um, you know, saying that this organization's special. They've been nothing but good to me since I've been here. And, um, you know, it was very like a sentimental closing. Like it just felt like, yeah, there's no way he's he's going back there. And I think part of that is, is, you know, he has to throw the ball 60 times in a game when, you know, he's just not that guy anymore. I mean, it's you can see it with LeBron now. Uh, LeBron is still doing amazing things on the court, but he, he can't, he can't make, you know, average players amazing anymore or, you know, put that he needs help. He needs other players to, mm -hmm. to step up more so than when, when they were younger, obviously, um, you know, Tom's definitely beaten time. That's definitely something that he's Tom, Tom is time. Yeah. He, he, he that's something he, he adds in his accolades, um, but he loves the game of football, and that's why I'll 
I'll always like think that he'll come back. Um, but I kind of wanted to to talk about the people that or the teams that could could land him. I mean, people forget that his market wasn't as big as we initially thought when he left New England the first year. You know, there were three teams: Chargers, Titans. Um, who else was in on him? Chargers, Titans, Bucks, Bucks obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now it's like, does he go and play in Oakland for a year uh, with Josh McDaniels, reunite with them? I mean, they have Devontae Adams. They have the tight end in Waller. They have the slot guy in Renfro. Running back in Josh Jacobs. So, pop him in there. They're, prob- they're definitely a playoff team this year. But uh, my gut is he retires. I just think... A lot's Ooh, transpired don't over. It, don't say it. I know, but don't I'd love I'd love for him to don't to stay it. another year. But there's just he 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 hasn't played horrible this year, but he also hasn't looked great. Um, well, that's what in, I was gonna say. In the longevity I mean, of the season, go ahead. He he is he still was the tied for eighth most touchdowns out of all quarterbacks this season. Because like he had he, to throw he, so much. If, I mean, even if he's throwing much, he's throwing into the end zone. He has you know less less interceptions than Mahomes. He has um pretty much. He has. I mean, Jalen Hurts was out for for people that played every game of the season. He has almost the least amount of interceptions in this in in the league. It's just like crazy how he's still, yeah, pretty good because he's it, definitely um, pretty good. Wasn't it um, a lot of slander about his receiving, you know, core and the and the Bucks just weren't really there this year to surround Tom? His offensive line was bad. I mean, the weapons That's, he has should suffice to to be good in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Okay. So he had he had weapons. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, not the best. You know, those have diminished, and they don't have a tight end really anymore. So, uh, it's not what they were when he got there two years ago, but. Mm-hmm. Certainly, they're they're better than what the Patriots had <laughs> for a lot of his career. <laughs> how much? Uh, how much do you think it was the coach? Because coach, the coach, what left last year? Arians left last year. Yeah, he did two years. Yeah. Do you um, think? Um, do you think it was like, uh, you know, just a change in coach, and this isn't really if, uh, at least like from the eyes of Tom? Maybe he's, I could see him wanting to. Because I keep saying, like, I keep seeing uh, no more Bucks. Like you know, Bucks is probably done. But he may. I definitely. I, I, I agree. And I wonder if he kind of bought into the Arians, you know, platform and, and, and team and everything. And now that's changed. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like your, your teacher changing or something. It's like, it, maybe. I don't know. If you're a Tom, you probably are kind of above that. Not to say he's God, but the same thing with kind of like LeBron. You know, he kind of, you know, I don't know how much he's getting coached per se. But it's like, uh, it's like you know, your freaking teacher changes and the whole class changes sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot of change uh, organizationally, but that's kind of consistent in the NFL nothing's ever the same year after year um obviously doesn't help that a whole new coach and regime comes in kind of but I mean Todd Bowles was still on the staff last year um he's definitely more of a defensive coach um so I don't know I I think it was more just the mix of players and it it just all didn't it it all looked like like it didn't sink this year and the defense was horrendous last night. Um, I'll talk more about the game when we uh, go into playoff pickums, but uh, yeah, I don't know what the 
the issue may have been. I think it's a collaborative effort on a lot of different things, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. but Which is the easy answer, but kind of true. No, I think you'll have, like you said, you'll have more Tom talk next. Um, but what about some of these other buzz lines? Um, real quick, because I want to get you into Celtics Weekly. Um, I'd like to get uh, Griffin and Lee. Not that there's a rush, but within the next 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, are they standing by? They're not standing by yet, but nice. um, I, I didn't have too much else. Um, two things with the Patriots. Uh they extended Gerard Mayo, and they are interviewing offensive coordinators, and the Patriots put out a public statement on that, and that is very much not what the Patriots do. And what I mean by that is they put out they, – they made it public of what they're doing in the future, which is not like Bill Belichick um, or the Patriots uh, from what we've seen. And I think it was kind of a, a – it was to appease the fans because the fans are are pissed and I think the Patriots aren't in the playoffs this year for one reason only and it's Bill Belichick for you know bringing in the coaching staff that he did uh but it was it was interesting to see that they kept they brought, um maybe a potential successor down the line to Bill um you know not in the immediate future but maybe in the next three years um that that kind of would make sense to me, but um, that was a big storyline going into the off season. Is you know Gerard Mayo is a, a very wide respected coach across the league, and he had an interview. He was asked to have an interview with the Carolina Panthers as a head coach, um, but he declined. So that makes you think maybe down the line Gerard Mayo could potentially be the next head coach for the New England Patriots, and that's. It's pretty crazy that we're starting to have those talks because, you know, Bill's had this regime for 20 plus years. And as a Patriots fan, it's just it's very interesting to kind of think about as we move forward. Yeah, it'll be 71. on you know his birthday? No. (laughs) That'd be crazy. (laughs) I wonder how many many diehards know his birthday. April 16th. Yeah, he'll be 71. And I feel like the 70s start to hit. I mean, he's going to probably I mean, who knows? Like he, he he's a great. And you know he's obviously wildly obsessed with football, wildly obsessed with winning. I think he'll probably he'll, you know, he'll coach till he passes. Was it he passed Hollis or is he just has Hollis left? Ah, uh, he has Hollis left. Or no, he, he has a uh, who's the last one? No, he uh, has um. Who is it? Who is it? Don Shula. Shula. He'll uh. He's like twenty wins. Pass Shula. Yeah, I think he'll do a few more seasons. Um, it's not like you know it's a physically demanding per se job. Um, like as if he was a player. But no, I mean, there's got to be some some feelings of, hey, I'm, you know, I'm only have so many more years on this earth. I have kids. I mean, how does he have? He has three kids, four kids. Like, he's some kids. Um, you know, those kids have kids now. It's like there's a lot, maybe a lot more to life than football. Um, and so yeah, you can only think he's has, has so many more years left. Yeah. Um, but that's gonna be strange. I mean, I, 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 because has he been? No, he's almost our entire lives. He's been the coach. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember. I don't remember Patriots without Bill. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the coaches before him, so so it's like, uh, yeah, it's weird, it's strange. I think it's not many teams, um, and maybe we take them for granted sometimes. Not many teams have these, you know, these people that stick around for twenty, thirty, forty years. Um, and you know, it's not saying it's kind of stick around as if it's Bill's Bill's choice. Partly it's his choice, but partly it's you know the greatness that he's provided. Right, has given the you know no one's kicking him out here. So, no, I, I, I'm that's an interesting. 
interesting thing that you said about them being public about about their decision to you know change up an offensive coordinator and whatnot given that it's not what and they it was really immediate do. um i know it's soon i mean it's, it's been a week but but, but when um, they released it it was like the uh oh it was like last week yeah it was it was like right after i mean you gotta game. think like i don't know you, you gotta be real with yourself in life otherwise you'll you know you're living in the fantasy world and it's like matt patricia can't be no. walking around being like like i'm a i'm a good offensive coordinator yeah. right like i mean and, and bill and bill knows it too like he's he's not stupid like he's a big yeah he's big on reading the room and and reading what's going on and i think he can get it figured out but i think he's gonna have to give up some control i think the crafts are gonna have to kind of take some power away um, because obviously giving all the power to Bill uh, these past three years has ended in failure. I mean, not mm-hmm. not misery, you know, but we're just a middling team, and uh, truthfully. Bo- Boston failure. Yeah, exactly. Relative failure, if you would. Because we're so good. We're so much better than everyone else. We are. But why don't you tell me about I really like this fourth bullet. Um, some There's there's Lamar talk. So according That's to betonline.ag, they're a blue check mark verified account for what it's <laughs> worth. <laughs> Sounds reputable. <laughs> um, well, I, I read it and I'm like, this can't be real. The Patriots, other than if he goes back to the Ravens, the Patriots are okay. favorites to land Lamar Jackson. How that's calculated, how those odds are set, I have no idea. But it's something fun to kind of think about. I personally don't even know, uh, you know, what. I, I like he can't stay healthy for 17 games like it, that's kind of been on the record at this point which i hate because he's such an awesome seeming and, guy oh my god it gives me zion vibes i hate it well i i'd love it but uh, unfortunately i don't think this is oh you love oh you love you love lamar on the Pat- patriots i mean that would be i, that... I thought you said I, I i would love lamar to get hurt oh again. no jesus i, like, I never like, wish that dang. no but that's just something i i saw and i'm like this is as stupid as this is, like you start going down that rabbit hole and you're like, that'd be amazing. But you know, it's probably better to keep what we have. And uh, if I had to guess, if Lamar Jackson leaves, I think he ends up as a Miami dolphin. He's from South Florida. Um, and I think he'd be awesome down there. He'd be electrifying. That's that'd I'd be like my him guess. And, him and sorry. I feel like him and Tyreek sound crazy. Yeah. Dude. They'd be insane. Just run around doing all sorts of nonsense so no I, I that hasn't even crossed my brain yet Lamar leaving so that's why I saw that that bullet and I, I think he is I, I just think the way it ended well I think it's messed up but um it'd be a huge shame if he didn't get paid I mean obviously I'm sure he's doing fine and he could live off sponsorships and stuff like that but it's like that's just it's just such a I hate to see people really give to something like he has to the Ravens the past few years and then just get screwed right well I mean also you know he doesn't have an agent so sorry if you're gonna if your mom's your agent going up against billion dollar owners, like, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say that people are dumb, but people who have ran multiple companies, fortune 500, fortune a thousand, like you're not, you're kind of out of your league in that one. In my opinion, like there are people who get paid a lot of money to get you the best possible deals. And that players are players. Agents are agents you know is that is that something he uh like kind of touts or whatever it's like yeah my mom my mom's my yeah sort of thing yeah and it's like dude and i'm sure they're chilling i mean it's like what was he made 30 million so far in his career like hopefully he's chilling and um you know you can only imagine what kind of what kind of 
how life changes when you you know wake up to that kind of money. Right. But it's like, um, but I'm happy I have you over all that money. But um, yeah, that's just a bummer. It just reminds me of uh, I don't know. I guess maybe it doesn't remind me of anything. But I was just thinking of other other people, other athletes, because that's a. I think I feel like it's a baseball thing too, where you have these big contracts, but you have to make it to 29 to get the contract. So like, how many people have you know just kind of what do you call it, spurred out, right. sputtered out at 26 or whatever? But but anyways, um, do you want to try to get these boys on? Uh, either ready? I, I or do oh, you want me to go? Do you want me to talk about? The yeah, give us some some Celtics. We're at okay. uh we're at four straight wins. Um, break those down for us, and then we'll get uh we'll get the bees boys in here. We are at four straight wins again, and it is amazing. There's a good week for the Celtics. All I see is green, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind. I don't ever give a damn. Uh, and so, yeah, no, it's good to see you again. Um, it sounds like the, you know, the depth shining through again, the consistency shining through again. We had a 125-114 win versus the Pelicans. Shout out Jose Alvarado, who I saw got a tech. Yeah, um, crazy. From like crazy stuff. Okay, I did. I, I need to. I need to uh, view the clip. But was it like? like was it? I, did he, Did he just dunk? Virtually or, or nothing. He just, he, he just shot, or he made a bucket on Cornet, and then just like pointed at yeah. him, like yeah, bitch, yep. like so soft, so soft. Yeah, that's. Uh, well, we can rant about that. Um, because I know, be be soft, and I don't even know why. Why is it so soft? What happened that it's gotten so soft? Like, what's up with that? Twenty twenty three. Um. Yeah, but like I get, I get certain things becoming soft, and that's a different rabbit hole of like, yo, know, let's be respectful of you know cultures and backgrounds and et cetera, et cetera, and and you know maybe we don't we don't walk around and say hey, nice tits, lady, but um, it's just like basketball, sports. That's not why, and it's not even like it. But the thing is, it's not even an injury thing. I get it. Like yo, let's not deck people in the head and and have them commit suicide at forty four. Disrespectful. In football, in football, but it's like. It's like I don't know. I I feel like basketball too is because it's kind of just you know five sweaty ass dudes right up against each other. I mean football, it's like they're so they have like just these kind of what's it called? Uh, you know whatever. I, I catch a forty yard pass in your face. Maybe you, we, you and I say like yeah, bitch. What's up, bitch? Yeah. Little kind of one on ones. It's like I feel like you have the beat. You can feel the beef more in basketball. That's why people like basketball. At least that's why I, I like basketball. Um, you know, partly for that reason. Even when you play pickup, you kind of you know, yeah. either block someone or something. Like, what's good? What's well, these good? are it's all eight like, type athletes who are like, competitive. The, like yeah, they were born yeah, to I don't be let competitive. That, yeah, it's it's weird. It's strange. So, but anyways, um, yeah, one twenty five, one fourteen Pelicans, one oh nine, ninety eight Nets, um, a KD less Nets, but also a, a, a Jason Brown, Jason Brown, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford uh, less Celtics. And then we had two back-to-back wins against the Hornets, 122-106 and 130-118. And so, yeah, it's just good stuff all around again. I have some not-so-good stuff um, that I want to share. But first is, yeah, we're nasty. Yep. We're nasty yep. again. We're still nasty. Yep. Um, especially when Ron is just like, I mean, you're shooting 50-45, 50-50. I do – I want to say I shout out our um, – in the most recent game against the Hornets, we shot, 90%, we shot 96% of our free throws. Um, which is you, I see all these other teams shooting, you know, 70, 75. It's like when you have 20, we had 25 free, th- free throw attempts. So it's like, that stuff matters. They always say, uh, make the free throws kids. Yep. So the announcers always say they are whatever. free. But it's like, yeah, they're literally, literally free. And it, you know, that, sh- that sort of shines through where it's like, we beat, um, you just imagine I, I, sometimes I just, you know, play around with the numbers. That's not really how the, you know, the world works, but it's like, okay, we shot 70%. Now it's a, you know, now it's a, uh, 124, 118 game or something. It's like way closer. So that that stuff, I think, I think all that to say, um, 
all I have to say is the Celtics are just doing, you know, doing the little things right. Yep. They're playing D. I watched this Hornets game, um, and they're just not. The Hornets are like all over the place and rebounding. That we're getting rebounds left and right. It's like embarrassing. The coach is freaking out, and um, so we're figuring a lot of that stuff out. And yeah, we had some notable stuff from the games. The Pelicans game. Brown had the forty-one bomb, the forty-one hammer, the forty-one nuke, um, and Tatum and Brown scored seventy-two together. So yeah, they're on fire. Um, they're maybe the maybe the best duo in the in the league right I now. Think so. I mean, especially I mean. KD and Kyrie pretty good, um, but KD's out for now. And and I think the thing about KD Kyrie that um, Brown and Tatum, I guess, have that they don't is I think we re- they really bring up the rest of the team. Yep. I mean, you consistently see it's like Marcus Smart and Grant Williams and um, Brogdon and White. It's like, yeah – Brown and Tatum are scoring, you know, 30 points a game each usually. You know, Brown's usually a couple lagging behind Tatum. But it's like – but then there's always a, one or two other guys that have good nights. Um, whereas you, I feel like you look at the Nets box scores, it's like KD had 38 and Kyrie had 34 and their next player had nine. It's like, you know, they just don't really give their, their the players the opportunity to succeed. But, but yeah. Um, so then kind of moving on to the Nets game. So KD's out, as we know, in, in the next maybe two or three weeks. And Jalen Brown and – Al Horford route too, um, but it just kind of shows the depth of it shows the depth of the Celtics. I, I like to quote um, a quote I really liked was from Brogdon. He said, "I think it's just the team's depth. We have a lot of really good players on this team, and it's just a next man up mentality." And you know what that meant to me is like, okay, um, Jalen Brown's out. Well, I'm up next. Right. It's like you know, I'm, I'm I'm ready to fill it. It's like they have you know three four dudes. Pritchard, Brogdon, Hauser, Cornette, like all these guys are ready to just play, ready to play at the at the level that other people were playing at, at the that the starters are playing at rather. Um, and it's just it's just good to see. So, um, anything else I got? So I always write these notes and I'm like I can't just read these. Um, but yeah, no, some good quotes. So yeah, we got. Um, it's, to, I, I like this one from Azula. Is to get this to get to that point in your career. When you know you need each other and you know you need your teammates, it's a very powerful thing. Yep. And that's in reference to Tatum and Brown, where it's like not only are they uh, not not only are they shining, it seems like they're not. Oh yeah, it's it's our team. It's our. Oh, I'm just gonna ball out for 44 and we're gonna win a ship. Like they know. I think they know at this point. It's deeper. Um, can I read? I don't. I, I had to throw my cat out of the room because he was knocking stuff over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you talk about Ben Simmons? Can I read? Can I read your notes no, I, on it? I, I, I haven't uh, talked about Ben Simmons yet. Um, Matt has a has a. We're not big Ben Simmons fans here. I'm sure he's a good guy, but uh, Matt put down Ben Simmons did not score three shots. Give me my money, <laughs> J.K. I want to be paid for being awesome. It's very wholesome, but yeah, Ben Simmons. Yeah. I saw. I was I was looking at the highlights mid game, and he had like ten assists, five rebounds. And just did not score. Did not shoot the ball. Celtics broke it's crazy. him. It's crazy. Um, no, and yeah, uh, you get jealous. You're like, ah, no, give me my $30 million, Ben Simmons. I can go not. I'll go not score tonight. Uh, but then you're like, wait, I don't want to be a laughing stock of the world. I don't so. think you could get five rebounds in a game. Yeah, no, I probably. I mean, hey, I am. Uh, I was rebounding on Cam Condry. If he, if he hears this, <laughs> no, he was actually he was, he was, he was taking it to the house. But uh, big Maddie two fifteen. But um. <laughs> But no, yeah, I probably couldn't. Um, I probably could not. I could score zero points. You could. could take you three. definitely could score zero points. So could I. <laughs> and I could, and I could take three shots. But um, 
No, it's just good stuff all around. But my bad stuff is, and, and um, we won't go. Are the boys ready? We won't go too much more. Uh, but. yeah. Just close up here, and then we'll get them on. I I'm, I hate cool. to rush you, but uh. Oh no, you're good. Oh no, and I'm just I'm just you know, learning about myself as a as a podcast that is uh I have all these notes, and I'm just like I read one thing over here, one thing down there, over up there, and I'm like, what the what the hell am I? But um, no, it's good all around. I mean, and Robert Williams, like we said, has is starting games now yep. you know he's switching out with williams it's uh, the, the other williams etc but um yeah no i i like the oh and i just had shout out scary terry i, I didn't know he's balling he's yeah like 23 yeah points he's, a game or he's something. nice legend it, it wouldn't have like worked that. here but it's good he's doing it yeah. for the worst team in the league yeah second worst <laughs> yeah. after the rockets there you go but um but uh yeah i like the green green sweet but at the same time it's like I think I think winning seven games and losing three, then winning seven and losing three, it's like awesome, obviously, but it's like almost almost kind of scarier than like a win three, lose one, win four, lose one, just because it's like, what if you have that slump, you know, the, the day, the week of the playoffs? Yeah, you, know, you come out cold two three games, and it's like you can't get scared about that stuff. But all I'm saying is like I would hate to see you know us win three more and then lose four in a row. Right? Because I don't know just. It's, it sketches me out. I think we'll be all right in the playoffs. I, I think we're going to be a lock for the Eastern Conference Finals minimum. I think we're mm. that good. If we stay yes. healthy, you have to, you have to be off. healthy. But Yeah, right. Knock on the wood. You do have points to be concerned. Uh, Jalen Brown, the groin injury, is that anything Anything serious? Is, is no, there a timetable for be, I think he's going to be back. Um, I didn't see the timetable. It's been a couple games now, but I think he's going to be back in a, a, probably a week or two. Okay. Is what I'm hearing. It's I don't think Missoula's uh, really showed any concern, but um, yo, no, that's a good that's a good point. I mean, you have you had maybe the Warriors might have been the betting favorites right. in August or something or September, whatever, October, and then um, now Curry's out, so he's back. Yeah. Oh wait, is he back? Yep. Really? Yeah, I think he's been back a few games now. I thought he was um, going to be out longer. Wait, really? I'm kind of skeptical of that. I literally was just looking at scores and I didn't I didn't see his name, but yeah, nope, he. 41 bombed like two days ago. Yeah. So, uh, oh, he's, well, that's good. I'm Ali Curry a lot. So, um, but great job on the notes. I hate to rush you, but we'll be, we'll be right. Good notes, but sometimes too much notes, not good notes. Hey, we're learning, aren't we? Hey. We're learning. All we can do is get better every week. Uh, but no, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. But, uh, we're going to wrap this segment up. We'll get Alex and Griff in here. Um, and then we'll, we'll go into playoff picks. So we'll be right back. And we're back. Look at us. Leet's got a camera. Buzzing bees. Uh, I think debatably, Leet sounds better than Griff right now, and that's. That's got to be uh, Dark Horse of the Year. Uh, Griff had to throw on some headphones. But, gentlemen, back in the saddle. Uh, like I said, I kind of wanted to make this uh, maybe a, a monthly thing or a, a bi-monthly thing. But uh, how are we feeling right now? Welcome back. We have great audio and great video. Feeling great, Feels baby. good to be back. Thanks for having us. Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely, yes, sir. definitely sound Go ahead, definitely Lee. sound better than Griffin and maybe even look better. This camera's looking nice, and we're not even talking you know, Apple Max right now. Wow. Wow. Griff, what do you have to say to that? 
I'm saying I work ten times better than you, buddy. Come on now. You're fuzzy on my screen. You, you look like that dartboard in the back. <laughs> real, qu- real quick, has the has the pond hockey been treating you boys nice up there? I know Leet works like a rented mule, um, but uh, how's the pond hockey up there? We don't get much of that down here in Florida. Pond hockey's been cr- crushing it, boys. I, I think Lee, he wears these freaking leather skates, man. You, I wish you could see them. They're like Wayne Gretzky skates from back in the day. It's insane. Leather sole and everything, but kid put, puts in work. I think we each had a couple of talks last time on the pond. <laughs> yeah, thank God. <laughs> Gotta get you guys uh, out there. Yeah, I know. We do need to get you guys out there. And thank God the ice is frozen a little bit to get the boys on the pond. Nothing better. I think I hopped on once this year. Griffin, of course, yeah, white-collar man, can work from home. He has that going for him, so he can hop on the ice whenever he would like. But, uh, yeah, leather skates, but it doesn't really matter what I got on my boots. It's all about what I'm bringing to the table, just like this pod, baby. As long as you got the sty from from those post-Geno celebrations, and we're, we're <laughs> chilling. Um, no, but wanted to – we can finally hear you guys. Uh, video's a little shaky right now, but that's nothing to worry about. At least we got the good audio going. Uh, I wanted to start here uh, more so. Obviously, the bees are having an amazing season, but who uh, who are the front runners for for this Hart Memorial Trophy, aka the MVP Trophy? Yes, I had to look up what the name of the MVP Trophy was. Uh, Griff, I'll, I'll start with you, and then we can segment segue over to Lee. Um, who who are your favorites to win the Hart Memorial? Yeah, I mean, to start off, it's pretty easy when you have a player, a generational talent, honestly, probably all-time talent when it comes to Connor McDavid that plays for the you know Edmonton Oilers. I mean, the dude is just insane. I think right now he's on pace for a 150-point season, which is just outrageous. Um, is that the record? He would be, I believe, the sixth player all time to do that. Gretzky is one of them. Um, But it would be insane now specifically because, I mean, goalies weren't really even a thing back in the day. Like, they could not slide from post to post or make the saves that they could. So for him to do that in today's age, it's definitely pretty pretty nuts. Um, Yeah. You know, I, I think he's the easy pick. I would love to say, just as like kind of a sleeper, in my opinion, I would uh, I would do Kirill Kaprasov from the Minnesota Wild. I think you know he's played Never 42 games. He's from Russia. The good old he's on the good old Russian gas, as we like to call it. I mean, he's absolutely buzzing. He's actually our age. He's a 97 birth year. Um, was an absolute stud. I mean, he came over from the KHL. He was playing that at 15 years old. So that's the that's Russian insane. professional league. So he was over there. Was able to play pro, um, made the World Juniors, was one of the top talents and first-round first, first round pick for the Minnesota Wild back in 2015. Um, was able to play, you know, he's up to 42 games played this year. Uh, it's got a total of 52 points with, you know, 25 goals and 27 assists. So, I mean, he's absolutely buzzing right now for them, and I definitely think that he's a pretty solid pick just as a sleeper. I mean, right under Connor mm-hmm. McDavid, but... Yo, I'm flashing back to us as 15-year-olds, and you're a child. That is insane. Like that's ins- you always think like, oh, I'm old, but you like see a picture when you're 15, you legit look like a kid. So that's that's insane. The these like these Russia's Canada like they manufacture just absolute beasts 
of hockey players from such a young age. Like I don't, I never understood why those players are just usually always better, better than American players. Like I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I feel like we, we should be, I mean, we have amazing players as well. Sid the kid or no, Sid the kids candidate. I don't even know. Uh, Like every good hockey player is not from here. And it's just, it's crazy to me that these kids just, they keep getting pumped out of these foreign countries. Yeah, I think what also makes hockey so different is, I mean, you could go and play juniors and things along those lines at the age of, like, 15 years old, where you're um, moving away from your family. So, like, you essentially live right. in billet families. I've, I don't know. I mean, basketball might have it. I'm not, not a big, you know, follower of, like, the NBA and all of that. But, I mean, for kids, you know, that are our age – you know, when we were like 15, 14, 15, they were thinking about moving away from home to go play, whether it be up north in Canada or even just in the USHL and junior leagues around here. It could be in like Milwaukee or Vermont or something, just moving away from home. It's such a crazy thing to think about. And I mean, Leeds played against some of the kids in, you know, NHL now. Just crazy to see like us here working nine to fives and then the kids that we used to play against are now just crushing it in the show. Like, it's just we have a couple of names that Lee will more than likely bring up because I know I know he knows them. It's just nuts. Yeah. so wild. Yeah, it is crazy. I'm, it's funny that you brought that up because because I was gonna say the two players that Griffin mentioned, Connor McDavid and Kirill Kiprasov, as maybe his uh, his sleeper for the MVP, are both born in 1997, and they funny enough they both wear the 97 number on the back of their jerseys, which is pretty cool. And um, I mean. There's some other front runners that are up there. Tage Thompson, another guy. He played in Rhode Island when he was younger over at URI for the South Rhode Island Rams. I mean, he's he's tearing it up, having the best season of his career, young career, short career so far. Um, so yeah, it is it is a point that I'm glad you guys made because these guys are just as young as us and or old, and uh, we're talking yeah, about how they could potentially be the MVP of the NHL. And uh, yeah, to piggyback off Griffin's point about Connor McDavid, he is absolutely the front runner. He is undeniably the best player in this league. If you ask any player who the best player is in the NHL among the league, they will unanimously say Connor McDavid for a number of reasons. His skill, the way he sees the game, um, his documentary about him getting injured, you just see there's something different in these athletes. There's something that makes them, uh, you know, they tick to a different beat uh, than the average player. And, I mean, he's called McJesus for a reason. And the only reason why he won't win this year is um, is if he's you know sidelined for some injury, which I hope for him's sake and the league's sake that he doesn't get hurt. Uh, I would say right there behind him is a guy, Nikita Kucherov, who's been plagued by some regular season injuries out of Tampa Bay. He's a smaller guy, a much different player than Kucherov. I mean, uh, than McDavid, um, but he's up there, and you got to give him the respect for keeping Tampa in up there in the front runners. They're they're a team that has to make some decisions um, at the trade deadline if they're going to go for it or not. Because uh, they are on, they are on the cusp of being one of the top teams in the East, um, but mm-hmm. they they need to go for it if they would like. They're a team that's always on the the cap uh, verge and a team that struggles with that. So we'll see what happens. But Kucherov needs to be mentioned. And last but not least, my if anything, if something were if McDavid weren't to win, no one else I'd rather have than a household name like David Pasternak be this year's Hart Memorial Trophy winner. Uh, the stuff that he's doing for Boston is great, um, and, and I'm just hoping that's the case. Yeah, I, I've been. Uh, it's good you bring up Pasternak because in just a second I, I want to talk about w- why they haven't signed him. But um, I, I've been 
hearing like I I mentioned this to you guys previously when you guys came on, but I listen to a lot of like Boston sports radio, and obviously they're not always the most positive. However, uh, they've been giving him a lot of. I mean, they give him his praise as deservingly so. Uh, just I look at his stat line, and they're always ridiculous. But uh, some say he's a little too fancy with it when he he shouldn't when he when he should just make the right plays, so to speak. He tries to give him a little too much sauce. Is is there anything to be to be smoking onto that, or is that just the the Boston media kind of having to have an issue with with something always? Yeah, I would say it's a little bit of both. I mean, it, he is one of the craziest dude i mean he tries anything and everything like watching him live is 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 just wild like his hands are just so smooth like one of honestly the best obviously in the show now but he he definitely has his points but what also makes him great is the fact that he goes out and tries those moves i mean 99 percent of the time he is putting the puck in the back of the net because of the hands that he has and because of the moves that he does. Um, You know, I definitely do think sometimes, you know, on the power play specifically is where I see it. It's sometimes he won't shoot the puck. Like he'll try to make that one extra pass or things like that or try to make it a little bit too cute, whether it be putting, finding Bergeron, you know, in the bumper or whether it's Taylor Hall in front of the net or whoever we have in front of the net. I think sometimes he just needs to lock and load it. I mean, Leet and I were talking about it before. His one-timer is insane. I mean, I know Ovechkin's known for his one-timer, but, I mean, Poster's right up there. It's in that, He has an absolute laser. Yeah. Um, so, the, I mean, contract talks. I know that uh, periodically you'll see updates that they're they're making strides in a long-term contract. But how is this guy – I mean, he, he he's coming off of, what, six-year – 40 mil contract which when I think of hockey and NHL I think that's pretty high number to be paid I could be wrong but I think that's like pretty good numbers but probably not enough for where he's at uh in his career and how good he is but like what what has kept him from not being signed yesterday any of you guys can answer this but I I, that's the one thing like that kind of bedazzles like I just don't get how he's still not be yeah. locked up for the Bruins. Right. So I think you can answer this way. You can answer this question a whole different ways, a whole bunch of different ways. I mean, you think about right. the issues that they'll have in the offseason with uh, potentially Bergeron and Krejci walking. What will they do in the offseason when they have to reconstruction those contracts? Uh, what would that mean in terms of right. pasta space? And just on a day-in, day-out basis, Pasta is continuing to increase his value. So the highest-paid player, average annual player, which is the way you have to look at it in the NHL now, because some players were signed for $110 million over X amount of years, the highest per year would be Nathan McKinnon. He's sitting at $12.6 million a year. Pasta's only making strides each and every day to make him the highest-paid player in the NHL. Um, and to answer your, your point earlier, Kevin, when you mentioned, you know, the, the one trick pony, I mean, yeah, he, sometimes he might get a little fancy, but you know, coach Jim Montgomery has said, he's like a, he's like an artist with the puck. He's different than anyone we've seen. He isn't a McDavid. He's not as strong and fast. He isn't a power forward like McKinnon. He's crafty and he makes everyone around him better. Definitely. When Montgomery switched the lines a couple weeks ago, Brad Marchand scoring goals. 
Um, and just overall, he yeah. makes everyone around him better, and, and he's good for this this organization, this program. Uh, he's look, he's got the style he has. He comes out on Winter Classic with those shades. The, you know, the, think about the young kids watching him. Like, you know, he's got that crazy smile, that hockey smile. Uh, he's got the DP eighty eight logo, which is just genius. I mean, he's got everything going for him right now. He's only increasing his his value each and every day, and I think it's just making the decision for the for the Bruins more difficult. Not to mention, last thing. There's only a few. I think there's only ten players in the NHL right now that are getting paid more than ten million dollars a year. Uh, so it's cut at the end of the day, cutting the check for this guy is going to be a huge deal. And and furthermore, to, 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 to piggyback off that, the Bruins' highest paid player is is Charlie McAvoy, uh, who's he's only making. He's, I mean, that's a horrible example yeah. to, to give because he's it's the most friendly contract for a guy that's staying on the ice twenty one minutes a night to be making nine million dollars a year. It's just it's the rest of the NHL is making ten plus. So it's it's not the best example to give, but they were definitely hoping what they could sign McAvoy for. They would get another ninety-seven birth year. Really? Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. So so nuts. Well, and um, we we were talking about it too. Us as Bruins fans, we haven't had a player like Pasternak with style, like with him being. As you know, I would say stylish as he is. He wears the flashy suits. He has the flashy glasses, even on the ice, dude. I mean, there are so many people that tape their stick like him. Like he does this crazy candy cane around the blade and things like that. I- I've seen multiple kids at you know the local rink here at St. George's in, in Newport literally r- tape his stick just like that. And th- it's just so crazy to think. Like, I mean, growing up, we didn't we didn't have someone like a superstar like that to idolize specifically. I mean, you could mm-hmm. maybe throw Joe Thornton in the mix, but like he didn't have any style for jumbo Joe with his big beard and things along those lines. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's definitely cool for sure. Um, yeah, real quick. There's no way he walks, right? Like he, he's gonna, he's gonna be a Boston Bruin for the next, whatever, six to eight years, I would imagine. Right. Like there's zero chance. I would say he wouldn't walk. I, he wants to be here. He's made it pretty clear that he wants to stay in Boston. I think ideally what's going to happen is I want to say his camp, they were talking about it being like an eight to eight and a half million a year uh, over eight years because that's similar to what, you know, Foisberg was getting from the National mm-hmm. Predators just to line it up wise in terms of superstar to superstar, I think that's where the, the general vicinity is where his contract's going to lie, him taking a pay cut. I mean, realistically, he it, say if he were to walk, he's going to get – he'd be getting probably paid just as much as McKinnon, like in that 12 yeah, range based right. off of his point production. I mean, this year I want to say he's had 10 goals and a total of 12 points as, you know, in the last, like, I want to say six games – yeah, it's just, insane. I mean, he's fine. He, he knows how to find the back of the net. I mean, it's, he's at 35 goals already. We're, you know, just about halfway through the year. So, yeah. Uh, just to, to kind of wrap up on the bees. Um, obviously their record is insane. They lead the league in points by the next closest is, is what? 10 behind them or no, I'm looking in the Eastern conference, but yeah, I mean, that's the, still the, uh, the Hurricanes are 10 behind them, the next closest. Um, I did not realize that their goals for is the most in the league, goals against is the least in the league. Like, what 
I, I know we talked about this last time, but like, how are they still doing this 43 games in? Like, obviously you have to be lucky with injuries and obviously that plays a big part in longevity of a season, but how, like, how is this sustainable being this good for so long? And a two-parter, does it worry you that this team, although they, they, you could call them a team of destiny, what are the chances that this team kind of fumbles the bag in the postseason, if healthy, obviously, um, you know, because I feel like we see that a lot. Um, what the Lightning a few years ago, I think they lost to, was it New York or was it Carolina? Or no, it was, it was Columbus, right? Columbus, yeah. yeah like, what back. are the chances of that? So if you guys could hit on that first part being how are they still keeping this sustainable and then do you see anything like that uh, a part of the future? I know that's hard to tell, but um, how do they avoid that, I guess, is the better way to put it. Yeah, I would definitely say I, I wouldn't think they're peaking too early. I I want to say where they're at now, for them to consistently from the beginning of the year, so what are we, 43 games in, you know, I haven't seen yet this team, like there's just a different feel to the room. We have so much depth. It, it is absolutely insane. I, I want to say we we have better depth than we did back in 2011 in my opinion i mean we're getting production in like from bottom line all the way to the top line not to mention through the first like 15 games of the year we didn't have charlie mcavoy we didn't have brad marchand we didn't have matt grizzlick which are all key components to our team so i mean going into the year everyone was like can we just survive until those guys get back and may and be able to get into the playoffs I think with just the way they're finding to score goals, they're finding ways to win. I mean, going they're the best third-period team in the NHL currently. Um, you know, they. I would love to see them face a little bit more adversity, and I think with the schedule that they have coming up um, this week, and especially with Jake DeBrus going out of the lineup since he fractured his tibia in the Winter Classic, um he'll be out for at least the next month. I think this is where we're going to start to find like, okay, how are they going to do, you know, with some people in and out of the lineup and also playing tougher teams. I mean, coming up, we got to play Carolina, Toronto, Tampa, Florida, who are all solid teams. And even the Rangers later this week. Um, You know, I, I want to say personally, I don't want to get the president's trophy because it's bad luck, but, I think well, who who was it that you said that kind of got rid of that I don't know, analogy? I guess of it's like a jinx to win the president's trophy. I remember you told me the team, but I couldn't. I can't remember specifically <clears throat> was that, was who it the, was. Was that the Preds or the that the Preds or the Lightning? Uh, a couple yeah. years ago, um, but the did Preds they win the maybe Stanley like, Cup? The, I think yeah, it was so the Lightning. President, that one. President's trophy would be most most points at the end of the year, best team in the league. And I don't. I should know which team won the President's Trophy in the Stanley Cup last, but I think it was. Oh, it was. Was it not Colorado? It might have been Colorado last year. Not too sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to just to kind of pick it back off Griffin's point there, the last last couple uh, points he was trying to make about um, the the sustainability of um, of a lot of these guys just showing up, uh, like a yeah. lot of the depth that they have. Um, I mean, you're looking at Brandon Carlo, Connor Clifton, guys. 
uh, a four-bert. These are defensemen that are averaging uh, somewhere between 15 to 20 minutes a game, which is which is good, and, and you're hoping to see more of that throughout the year. That's what's going to carry them on. Um, and just the, the goaltending, too. Uh, we cannot go forth you know, without mentioning Olmark. I mean, he's on... If he continues to win the way he has, he'll win the Vesna, which is the best goalie at the end of the year. Uh, last year's winner was Igor Shosturkin out of the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, he hmm. had uh, 36 wins in 52 games. Olmark is right there with 23 wins in 27. So, I mean, he's he's on track to a whole, to a whole bunch of wins, over 40 wins. Um, and that's, that's going to be the biggest thing. And um, and can these and, and the, the point Griffin, too, that Griffin was making about um, – uh, these guys being able to handle adversity, that's going to go a long way. I mean, Pasternak, right. I should have mentioned it earlier too, will he be able to sustain or continue to do what he's doing throughout the playoffs? In past years, he hasn't. Um, he also hasn't had the success he has such this thus far. He hasn't, he hasn't yeah. been the player that he has, um, but yeah. he hasn't shown up, much like some other Bruins, to close it out. So I'm just hoping that um, Pasta shows up. I'm hoping that Marshawn shows up. Uh, player that was huge last year. He finished 30th in the league in points last year, uh, but he led wow. the Bruins. So that just goes to show you how good of a season Pasta has having. Um, so that's just, I think we're at. Olmark needs to continue to play well. Swayman needs to continue to play well, and they'll be good. Yeah, is, Omar, I, is Olmark the number one, by the way? Yeah, he is. Number okay. one in the league. Save percentage, goals against average. He's the only really? goalie against, he's the only goalie that has a two point, less than a 2.0 goals against average. Yeah, it's insane. Holy shit. Yeah, so he's he's winning. They got to keep it up. Like uh, Alex and Griffin both kind of saying, it's. I feel like a lot of times in sports we'll get, oh, we have a lightning hot offense, but the goalie sucks. Or we have yeah. a you know, lockdown D, but we can't score. I mean, shout out Milltown Soccer senior year, baby. But um, it <laughs> sounds like, like you said, like you said, Griff, uh, feeling the room's a little bit different, and we might have the complete picture here, which is exciting times. Um, for the winter spring Boston sports because the Celtics are red hot too, like we were talking about earlier. But right. Kev, why don't you keep taking us through the NHL talk? I, I mean, it's just refreshing because it's good. I, I was going to lead into the show with this. Uh, I'll probably talk about it uh, in the next few episodes. But like, I, I've asked the posture out question because, and obviously every organization is run differently. But I think it's a fair question as a Boston sports fan to ask, like is this star going to leave? Because look at the people that have walked out of town, you know, in these past five years, you talk about Mookie, you talk about Tom, obviously, uh, Gronk, uh, you know, Xander Bogarts this year. So it's like kind of PTSD from it. And thank God the, the, the Celtics and Bruins are supplementing the, the Pats and Red Sox. Cause I mean, it, it, we're, we're a four, four sport city. Like that's, we live for this stuff. In my opinion, like, we're all locked into it. Like come down to Florida and see the beaches, see, you know, all the other recreational things you can do here. But when you're up there in the winter, it it becomes a religion in a a way. So that's why it's, it's, I mean, that's why I think sports mean more up there more than anywhere. But um, just to wrap up on the bees real quick, they had their first regulation loss at home. They, they got shut out by the Kraken. Now, the last time I looked at the Kraken, they were bottom of the league, first first time in the league. Um, we have a Seattle Kraken resident in Matt Violet now, I guess you could say. But um, what makes this team good? Uh, I've heard that they have, like, a very good front line – or uh, first line, excuse me, proper terms. Uh, like, where did this team come from after being 
horrible the year before? Was it did they add a lot of team like people via free agency? Like, how does that work with an expansion team? Obviously, I think the Knights went to the Stanley Cup final in their inaugural year. But how does a team like the the Kraken get off to such a bad start? And now they're, I mean, they look like a, a contender at least for the cup. I, I could be wrong, but just from what I've been reading, it, it seems like that's possible. Yeah, I definitely think it. I mean, they're definitely a lot better than they were last year for sure. I think part of the narrative around the Kraken's turnaround from essentially going from like a team that might be in like the lottery to get the number one overall pick to being playoff bound this year specifically um, is shaped by like their goals. Um, you know, they're scoring at an unreal rate. I was talking to lead about it before they are averaging like 3.66 goals like per game this year, which is like third in the NHL last year. I, they were like at two and a half, which was like, want to say close to last, like second to last yeah. or like 28th or something like that in the league. So that's a big part of it. I mean, on that road trip, they, they won seven straight, which is another like league tying record, um, huh. and which is just insane. And I think entering that, like at the end of their road trip, which I believe was Saturday, they were scoring four point eight three goals a game. Like that was their average. It's that's just absurd. When you're scoring that many goals, I mean, there's no way you can't win. Like it's it's definitely wild. They they've added a few pieces. I think you know their lineup isn't isn't bad. I mean, you look at their top player, like a Calder candidate, which is the Rookie of the Year trophy specifically. In um, Matty Beneers, a you know a hometown Hingham Mass kid, O2 birth year, and he's Hingham. 20 years old. Yeah, Hingham. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, he's he's playing lights out this year specifically. He's got 36 points in 43 games as a 20 year old in the NHL. Like that's that's really you know special for for them. So I think a lot of their young talent is starting to show up, which is huge for them. Um, and, you know, I mean, with Burakovsky that they got from the Avs, Jordan Eberle is solid. Like, they, they have depth down the middle. Yanni Gord from the Lightning, who won, a, you know, two cups with them, and he was, you know, a solid third-line guy. You know, those those pickups, specifically Daniel Sprong, they're, they're all producing, which I think is helping. I don't know that it's going to last and get them all the way to the cup finals. I just think out west there's too many solid teams that have right. experience and have a lot more you know depth than they do but it's it's awesome to see it's great for the league in my opinion yeah um, yeah i agree lee i'll ask you one more question we we got like five more minutes here um what's happening to the colorado avalanche that team i, I always watch stanley cup playoffs that team was so electric so fun to watch I don't know if they're injury plagued, but give me the rundown. Why? I mean, they're three six and one in their last ten. Like, what happened to this team? Why are they not performing to the standards of of where they were last year? Yeah, sure. So definitely injury plagued. That's definitely the way to put it. I would say that we can't sleep on them though. They're right there. Uh, Nathan McKinnon. If it if if McDavid isn't the best player in the world, unanimous, unanimous, unanimously. Let me try that again. Uh, by the players, McKinnon's got to be right there because he's just he's a special talent. He's a power <laughs> forward. He's something else. Um, 
So he, but uh, he hasn't played. He hasn't played much. Um, he's looking at thirty games out of the forty something that they've played. So he's yeah. been out. They've been missing their captain Landeskov. Uh, guys like Helm, uh, Byram. Uh, these are guys that made the you know. Uh, brought them deep into their to their Stanley Cup run, and they've been without them. They've played, I think they've played a 38 guys this year, which is the most out of any team in the league, and they're one shy of playing the franchise most of 39 guys in a season. I mean, that's just that's the answer to your question. Uh, they yeah, have a whole, they have a different lineup every night. Wow! Um, but they're right there. <laughs> if they can get their guys healthy and um, and at it, they're good. Um. Well, last question for both of you before uh, we get out of here. Uh, and I'm going to hold you to it because we're going to do I, – I, I'd like to do a, an NHL playoff pick similar to what we're doing uh, in the NFL with Connor Meehan and, and Ethan and I. I want to do that with you guys uh, when the Stanley Cup comes around because Stanley Cup, I think, is my favorite playoffs to watch. You know, football's in its own league, but uh, the Stanley Cup, there's – the effort that's put in, the the meaning to to it, uh, I, I want to involve you guys in that. I, I think that'd be a loads of fun, but I'll, I'll let you guys get your two your your Eastern Conference and Western Conference picks and your Stanley Cup champion. Um, you know, obviously that can probably change. Maybe I'll, I'll allow it as we we go into that uh, come come June or or May or whenever the Stanley Cup is, but. Uh, Griff, I'll start with you. Who's your Eastern, Western, and uh, Stanley Cup champion? Eastern Conference, I'm going to like to keep it with the hometown team and the and the Boston Bruins. I think, again, like I had mentioned to you guys before, it's a different feel in the room this year. Everyone's contributing. They're just playing great all around. I think the city is all behind them, and I I just think this is, this is definitely our year for sure. When it comes to the West – this one is so tough. I mean, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to stick with – I picked uh, Dallas last time. So, crazy to think about. But I, gun, you know, gun to your head, you're going Dallas? Gun to my head, I'm going Dallas, man. I, I, it's just one of those teams that I think they I have the experience. They went to the um, Stanley Cup final two, three years ago when they were in the bubble during COVID. Um, they have Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben, two solid you know players that are actually contributing this year, um, and they've been a force to be reckoned with out west. You know when I think those bees in Dallas come and match up in the playoffs, you know again going to stick with the hometown team might be considered a little biased, but I definitely think um, you know we have the better goaltender in this sense um, and just more depth all around. So okay, uh, Lee, who do you got? Eastern Western Stanley Cup champion. <clears throat> East, I got Boston Bruins, same reason Griffin explained. West, I'm going to stick with my Canadian story. I, this, they got to come through. Uh, the Jets, I failed to mention, it probably gave the Bruins one of their most wow. difficult team games this year. Um, they're a big, bad, physical team. Something that Griffin and I neglected to mention earlier about the Bruins. That's something that could hurt them in the playoffs. Where's their physicality? Uh, who's going to step up when they need it most? Because that means a lot, especially in the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, the Jets, for me, out of the West, and, oh, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to take the Bruins to in a series so, with them. Uh, so, Bruins, Bruins are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. I, I, I'm waiting for it. I'm looking forward. But, Let's go. Um, that's it. 
that fires me up. Well, guys, thank you again. Uh, yep, no problem. Like said, Real we'll, quick, we'll Kevin, though. back on and definitely going to lock you guys in for, for NHL playoff pick Stanley Cup pick however the hell you want to put them. Um, I get most of my knowledge from you two. I mean, like Leet said at the intro of this thing last time, uh, I guess I'm not in a great spot if I'm asking you two. But nonetheless, still, still great to have you guys on. So um, keep doing your thing. Uh, we kind of got a blue collar versus white collar. Ma's all the way. Um, <laughs> Fidelity can can get the hell out of here. So, um, but no, seriously, thank you guys. Yes, sir. Thanks thank for you, Kevin. It's always a pleasure. Yes, sir. We got to include in all there, right, though. Ha- Tipping our cap to David Krejci. Thousand games in a Bruins sweater. Fifteen years rocking it for him. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Chap- chipping our caps off to Krejci. Thousand games in the Bruins sweater. Got to mention that. Welcome back to Playoff Pick'ems. Two of us are not feeling great. One of us is feeling very good about themselves. He's on his high horse. Uh, He let us know about it earlier today. That's fine. Um, Ethan, you gave a great speech to your team last week. You went six for six this week. Connor and I, who have the same picks uh, until the Super Bowl, uh, went three of six. Um, real quick to recap the wild card games. Um, not that, uh, anyone has not watched these games. Uh, 49ers 41, 23 over Seattle. Brock Purdy. He's pretty freaking good. Jaguars 31 to 30 coming back. Did I get that wrong? Nope. 31, 30. Oh, it was, uh, down 20, 27, nothing. Um, they beat the Chargers. Somehow Brandon Staley has not been fired. The Bills beating the Finns in a close game. I think Josh Allen looked more like Mitch Trubisky in that game. Almost threw away their season of destiny, but they slipped by the Miami Dolphins at home 34-31. to The G-Men back at it. First win since the 2011 Super Bowl against the Patriots. Taking down the Vikings. They were who exactly we thought they were. Frauds. 31-24 G-Men. Bengals uh, did not look great, but they get a win thanks to Tyler Huntley fumbling at the goal line. Uh, I believe uh, Sam Hubbard brings it back. 24-17. They set up in a much-anticipated rematch against the Bills. And lastly, possibly the last game ever for Tom Brady, going out very, very sad. The Cowboys roll the Bucks 31-14. And that brings us to now the divisional series. Uh, Ethan, what, what's that post-game locker room looking like for your, for your squad uh, who made those picks? As if you were the coach. I'll tell you what, the same mentality I have in my head right now with my team, a.k.a. my brain, is the same mentality the G-men have in their locker room, right? We're not celebrating. We're not putting on the gold chains doing the shmoney dance like Kirk Buzzins because Kirk is not Buzzins. Um, 
No, he's I, I think I think we celebrate a, a good victory there. We came out hot just like we had expected. You know, confidence really got us through there, but just remain stout. We're on a mission. It's not over. It's only one game, one week. We got plenty of football left, and I think we got to just ride that horse. Um, that brings me over to Connor, three and six. You're or three and three, excuse me. Um, fortunately, our our division winners are still there, very much in play. Although I don't feel as as good about some of those as I did uh, a week ago. Uh, Connor, what do you got to say to to the folks in, in your your locker room of a brain? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely tough when you ride so high in the regular season, you know, just sheer domination for 17 or 18 weeks and then, you know, really fall flat on our face week one uh, there in the wild card round. But the beautiful thing is, is that it's not, well, you know, we're not done. We're not out of it. We're confident with who we've got. I think heavyweights still in play. Uh, our one seeds, if you will, are still, still hanging in there and, and those hold a lot of weight. So, we're feeling good. Got kicked in the mouth a little bit. Um, you know, felt good about all of those picks, and they were all close, other than than Tampa. So, you know, it is what it is. We're we're you know moving on. Okay. Um, I, I don't even have a leg to stand on at this point. Uh, obviously, finishing last in uh, in Pickums over the longevity uh, uh, regular season tough, uh, and just falling flat on my face here in round one. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, we're here to talk football. Uh, real quick, I'll start us off. I want you guys to, to each give me one winner of last weekend, one player uh, or coach. Um, I, I know I didn't put this in the pre, you know, in the the notes before or let you guys know, but this this kind of uh, came impulsively, and I, I want to see who you guys have. Um, I'll start us off. Uh, I think Daniel Jones was the clear cut winner of this past weekend uh he needs now he get has to get paid uh he now must get the respect that he deserves uh his legs make are make gonna make him a lot of money um i just think w the stock in him is elevated through the the goddamn roof i loved watching that guy play um and i think he was the best quarterback and probably most valuable player this week uh, out of all the teams that played on Wild Card Weekend, yeah, he's got great legs. That's for sure. <laughs> Danny legs. Great legs. Uh, also, real quick, he uh, he's the Vanilla Vic. I learned that one. <laughs> I, I learned that one. That's a real nickname for him. There's Danny Dimes and Vanilla Vic. Danny I don't Wheels. know which one I like better. Danny Wheels is a good one. I like um, Danny Franchise. Danny Franchise is definitely there too. Uh, Ethan, if you had one winner from this weekend, you can steal mine if you want. I, I went first. No. I, 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 yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on Daniel Jones as a player, but I, I think what is sort of un, unspoken about the Giants as a whole was the coaching that weekend. Um, just great execution all around. You know, Obviously, Daniel Jones looked great, but I think they just played really clean football all around. And um, Kafka really showing a, showing a good deal of – um, play calling there, giving his guys the right the right way to win and on offense. And I think while the defense let up a lot of points, I think they expected the Vikings' offense to be explosive, and I think they managed that well. Uh, me and I were just talking while you were 
on your uh, sabbatical there before we started. But I, I think Wake Martindale came up with a great plan. They started, they did something untraditional. They veered away from what got them there, which was blitzing and a lot of zero coverage, which, you know, was pretty successful a good amount of times throughout the season. And they, they sort of put a roof on, on the receivers in that passing game of the Vikings and, and limited Thielen and, and uh, Justin Jefferson to around 40 to 50, 60 receiving yards. And I slowed him down a little bit, and it gave their offense the chance to put up enough numbers to win the game. And I think, yeah, the coaching staff of the New York Giants and, and dab balls would get my vote as the as the, the person winner. most valuable. Yeah, winner of the week. Uh, yeah. The person of the week. Yeah. yeah. Me, who, do you, who do you like? Yeah, I think I, – I mean, I love it for Danny Dimes, uh, especially because, like, this just goes into everything I harp on as far as I hate how much the media in general just tears young athletes down when they, you know, have a have a bad year uh, or even, a, yeah. you know, a couple bad games. Like, I mean, shit, dude. Zach Wilson could be in this spot next year if he gets a chance, like in the right situation. So – um, I, I love to see it, and I hope it's more of an incentive to just you drafted these guys high, you believed in them, let's surround them and, and trust them without just flipping on to the next guy. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I think that is a valid choice, uh, but I think the biggest winner, is how you phrased it, is the uh, Dallas Cowboys kicker, Brett Maher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Jesus. Uh, wow. Yeah. I can't uh, believe I watched that. Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. I couldn't believe it. But if I have to pick somebody else, which I, it doesn't sound like I have to, but I'm going to, Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was in the back of my mind, yeah. You know, four picks um, to, to start off all 27 to nothing at half and, and win your first playoff game is electric. I, yeah. I think you very quickly forget about the four picks. Um, and then you go fucking slam some waffles at Waffle House in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's sick. So um, Unbelievable. I think that dude is floating right now. I think he's at home, and I think he's just getting started. So I, I'm all, I said it in, the, in our chat, but give me the Jags bandwagon regardless of my picks. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, think about it, right? Think about this AFC divisional matchups, the four quarterbacks. Probably the four quarterbacks of the future that are going to kind of run this league. Um, you know, Herbert, maybe if he gets into the right situation with the right staff, but Mahomes and, and Allen, Mahomes has been doing it longer than everyone uh, in that group. Uh, and then, obviously, you have Allen there who, man, he scares the, the living shit out of me. Um, and then Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe kind of, Yeah, kind of proven. Uh, he also had a big win. Uh, he tapped someone on the shoulder uh, pregame, walking into the building, and just kept walking. Um, didn't even look Chris back. Chris Collinsworth too. Yeah, didn't even didn't even look back to uh, to just kept going. I mean, that's stuff that uh, where legends are made. And then Trevor Lawrence, kind of the unknown, but doing what he you know, like you said, me he he absolutely uh, now he's on the radar, right? Like now he's kind of moved himself in a position to where he could he, he can be around for a very long time and I've been saying it like I think he saved the Jacksonville Jaguars uh franchise like I think without Trevor Lawrence this team probably sells or moves uh and they're going to be in Jacksonville as long as he's their quarterback but um overall great wild card weekend um 
you know, I know we want to talk about uh, what's upcoming, but, um, you know, real quick, is this the last time we see Tom Brady on a, on a football field and not uh, in a press box calling the games? Because it, it kind of felt like it uh, to me. Um, I want your guys' thoughts on it. I want to see him play one more year selfishly, but uh, going out like that somehow is – I mean, not somehow. He went out almost – as good as you could last year um, against the Rams, you know, was just fell short of that uh, miraculous comeback. But this was horrible, and God, he looked yeah. his age. Do you want to give you want my biased take on this? <laughs> I think it would be lovely if he doesn't come back because one of the best Tom Brady memories I have was his last game in in New England when he yeah. threw a pick to Logan pick six to Logan Ryan in his last yeah. pass as a in a Patriots jersey. That was yep. nice. Love yeah. that. And then he came back and won the Super Bowl in Tampa, and I was like, well, shit. <laughs> you know, you can't get rid of this freaking guy. Um, and then after the cowboy, the cowgirls game, I, <laughs> that just looked atrocious, right? It kind of, I think it really just summed up the year for the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, just a whole lot of miscommunication, miscommunication a whole yeah, lot of just, I agree. just missing, right? Yeah. Um, missed a lot of plays, and I don't know, just kind of felt out of it and – yeah, um, who knows? He's probably the type of guy to come back and try to go out on a bang, but I don't know. I don't see it. I see that. I see that team plummeting. Connor, what do you got? Yeah, man, I know I there's a lot of thoughts in that brain about him because I, I have them. I think this is the harder one to predict than than his thing with the Patriots, like leaving the Patriots. Like didn't know what was going to happen there. Then mm. like last year with him retiring. Like I think this is the hardest one to to like pinpoint or guess what he's going to do. Even though he's 46 fucking years old, looks yep. awful. Um, I was on a bad team, bad coach. Like, I don't know. I can, the only thing I can see is him going to Vegas. Otherwise, like, out. He's, like, I I, I don't buy into the ESPN's, like, Swagoo, Stephen A. Smith, stupid shit. But Swagoo did say that. Um, <laughs> Swagoo. <laughs> That, uh, like, and I agree that Brady is 46 years old and he can't move. So, yeah. I mean, dude, like, the offensive line sucks in Tampa Bay, but, I mean, teams are just throwing the house at Tom Brady every single play. Like, yeah. they will continue to do so. Yeah, Micah Parsons had a field line. day. Yeah, they, like, they're going to they're gonna get to him, and I think because he can't move, it's just, it's, it's a hard NFL for him now, and I, I'm hoping he sees that writing and, and I mean, no one's going to remember this, dude. When people look back 10 years from now, it's going to be he's, he's the GOAT. You know, even a year from now. No one cares about uh, this. Of course. You know? Yeah. So, uh, of course. Um, I'd like to see him call I, it a career. Yeah. You know, it, it's really interesting because, if you know, there have been, like, three different teams uh, reportedly interested in him. Uh, and I kind of alluded to this earlier in the podcast, and I won't go too deep into it. But I don't think if, if these three teams – you know, probably the Titans, probably maybe the Niners and maybe the Raiders, right? Like those are the three teams that make sense, right? Um, I think so. If he wants to go be five and twelve in Vegas, go ahead. <laughs> I don't think I think that's ludicrous. I think they're a playoff team if he goes there. No, but, no, I know, I know. The Raiders kind of fell short of. I, I mean, they're better than the record said. I don't see the Titans situation. No, I guess the yeah. lack of wide receiver depth. Um, I mean, in, in my head, like, 
for everything, like close it out in New England. I know that's not talked about, but it like, I, I, I know it's crazy, but I really feel like that could be something like Julian Edelman came on when the Patriots went to Vegas, Scott Zolak had a, uh, you know, he just the color uh, analyst for, uh, or the radio <laughs> analyst for New England. He asked Edelman, he said, would you come back to football? And his answer verbatim was, I would, only to the Patriots in the right situation. That's the kind of stuff that's like, okay, well, if Tom comes back, you can bet Edelman comes back for a year. But obviously that's wishful thinking. At the same time, I, I, the more and more I think about it, I mean, you, you keep Purdy, you keep Jimmy Garoppolo over Tom Brady, right? So San Fran's out of the picture. So mm-hmm. it's it's Vegas or, or nothing, and I guess, right? Too. Kev, if you're if you're yeah. New England and you're trying to make a a, a a pitch for Tom Brady, who who do you bring in an offensive coordinator to convince Tom to listen to? Like who? who yeah, <laughs> I think there's a lot of variables. I think if I, I think yeah, the unstableness of the Patriots and Bill Belichick's over, you know. He, he's kind of overwhelcomed his stay in terms of power. Like, you know, that some of that's got to shift back to craft, uh, obviously, but I don't know. I, 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 it's obviously a, a, a dream, but I like, I don't think it's as far off as we kind of think, but at the same time, it's very, very unlikely. Obviously. Yeah. Not to spend too much time on this, but like I see it. I mean, I wouldn't, it, I think it would make sense, right, if he comes back for the sake of retiring in a Patriots jersey, right? Like, you know, that sort of evens out. But if you're the Patriots, aside from being Tom Brady, I think it's not a smart decision because you're just going to sign a guy for a year to retire. Right. When, and they have a lot of things that they need to improve upon in the offseason. Right. I think it, it's kind of just a waste of resources and energy to go ahead and sign a guy just so he can retire there rather than like actually fixing some of the issues they had this season in the off season. Right. Yeah, well, that's chance. One yeah. Uh, hey, that's still, a, that's still a chance, but so we're, we're all on probably retiring, but Vegas or nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree. Okay. That's crazy. Who knows, dude? I mean, more so if he goes to Vegas, last thought, if he goes to Vegas, like it's more of an uh, entertainment event more than yeah. like yeah. a, a I mean, Vegas, they have a team down there, dude. Vegas, Tampa, or nothing. I couldn't see him coming back to Tampa. You yeah. could? Yeah, he's 45. Oh, I don't. In Florida. Where's his contract right now? He, he's a free agent. but Free he, agent. Like, is he? Yeah. Tampa is, is like the best place he could live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah, so, good point. I mean, his kids are all on the East Coast, so it makes sense. But let's, uh, let's dive into these divisional games. Um, I'll go in chronological order, so um, – we all still have divisional winners at play. Uh, you know, for myself, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Eagles. Uh, I think that's across the board, right? Mm-hmm. We all have the same picks uh, for this week. Chiefs, um, Bills, Niners, Eagles, yes. Yeah. Um, On our brackets, at least. Yeah, correct. So, you know, next week we'll, we'll update that. We'll, we'll kind of play, you know, we'll, we'll figure something out for that. Uh, in, in, in terms of the games, uh, I'll, I'll go in uh, chronological order. Uh, first game on Saturday, the Jags are going into Kansas City. Uh, if you guys haven't looked at the lines, can you guess the line for this game? Oof. 
I think after last week it might have gotten a little closer than it may have opened um, if that Jags game went any other way. I don't know, but uh, Chiefs minus five. Um, I unfortunately already saw just this one, so oh, I'm, God. I'm not going to. Okay, yeah the the Chiefs are eight and a half. Um, Jesus Christ. Okay. I, I, I Never mean, mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I get it, but it's like. Yeah, I get it. The. The Chargers really should have won that game. Like, there's, yeah, there's yeah. no reason the Jags win that game. Plus, uh, it's the Chiefs off a of bye week. I, I get yeah, it. We know how Andy Reid is. I don't see Jacksonville yeah. making this that close. I think I think the Chiefs' hard game is, uh, is the championship game. I, I just think, you know, if the Chargers were to go in there, it would be interesting. I think this is still going to be a fun game to watch, but ultimately – definitely. Um, I think the atmosphere from that the Jags have to play in this week, like I I don't see them pulling this out. Um, I think they could cover, but I don't think it's going to be close. I don't know if you guys have different thoughts on that. Yeah. Go ahead. You can go ahead, man. Uh, Yeah. I I don't know. I think the the Jags, if they want to stay in this game – I don't think they can play a conservative game against the Chiefs because it's just going to be a road race, and they kind of just got to come out guns blazing and make it an offensive battle and try to just push the push the field. And I don't know. They have a guy who can throw the ball and make plays, and he has confidence coming off of a, the game that he had last week in that comeback. I think you just got to you know, get a little reckless in those – not necessarily reckless, but um, just take shots when you have them. And – it, little things like fourth downs, being aggressive on fourth downs, you know, um, right. that kind of stuff. I think you got to get aggressive against the Chiefs. I think that's how teams have found success in the past against this team. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I like the Jacks to cover eight and a half. Um, and I think this will be a really, really fun game. I think they're, like, just exuding with confidence right now coming off that win. Um so I think they're going to be buzzing, and I think if they start early, kind of coming off of that energy, um, I think they have a real chance to make this a really close game, like a fourth quarter deciding type game, but uh, not going to go against the Chiefs here. It's way too cute. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Mahomes. He's going to make you know potentially several more plays than, than Trevor Lawrence, but I, I do like it to be a fourth quarter kind of game that's decided there. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just – I. I think it could be interesting. I don't know if you want to get into a shootout with Kansas City. I just still think how ridiculous it is. This comes to mind. Like, uh, Mahomes, when he went on that Super Bowl run, what, they were down They were down 24 to nothing against the Texans, right? They came back in, like, the first half. And then they were down, what, 21 nothing against the Titans? Yeah. In the – like, that is crazy. Like, Nobody to think about it – yeah, yeah. So it's like, and yeah. I I know that was with Ty, with Tyree Kill, but their offense has debatably been better this year, <laughs> which is yeah. like another insane thing. But um, do they still have one of those home run hitters though? No, but they still have Mahomes. They still have right? Mahomes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I just I I was just that came to mind, and I'm like, that is crazy how that kind of gets brushed under the rug now. But that Super Bowl run was insane. 
yeah. But that brings us in. Win streaks, by the way. Oh, oh, a little tidbit thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to the Saturday night game: the Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, can you guys guess this line? After last week, man. I mean, throwback to, I think it was the year the Giants won the Super Bowl in the 07 Super Bowl. They, in the divisional round, beat the number one Cowboys that came off a bye. Um, in a similar they sort of they thing, did. they came yes. in as a wild card. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know if Vegas cares about that or not, but I still think it's Eagles, maybe minus three. Okay. Yeah, I think Eagles are favored by six. Seven and a half. What? Yeah. yeah um, right. Well, you got to think like the Vikings. The Vikings defense made the Patriots offense look good in the regular yeah. season, so that's something to speak about. Yeah, the Eagles defense is solid. Yeah. But I think this is the game where I think we get an upset. I really, I'm like, I think we do. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know. I picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl in my bracket, but after a lot, I don't know. I think the Giants at least I, win this game. I I think you're going to get an upset in this bracket, in this NFC, either from New York or Dallas. I really think one of those teams win uh, on the road. Um, The NFC East, as much as we don't want to say it, like they've been one of the better better, uh, divisions in football, if not the best now. I mean, now you have three teams – in the four yeah. spots uh, left. So um, I think I feel better about the Giants beating the Eagles than the Cowboys beating the Niners. But I do as well. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this game, Ian? I think you guys are <coughs> falling. You're, you're taking the bait on some recency bias <laughs> bullshit. I, I think the Eagles have been the best team the entire year. And just because they had a bye, I think we're playing into it. The general public is playing into it. Um, like, yeah, the Giants played well, but they kind of barely snuck into the playoffs. I think they still have holes. Um, and I, I think that Jalen Hurts, another week healthy. Sorry, I know this yeah. is not what you want to hear, uh, Ethan. But it's just, No, I agree. In my opinion, but I think another week healthy for Jalen Hurts. I, I have my concerns about him staying healthy. I think that they – I read something that they typically have five or six designed – run plays for Jalen Hurts that the last couple of weeks they went without, you know, completely with his injury. So that does make him one dimensional and and takes away his best dimension. So, but even with that, I I like them to have schemed up. Like this is a really, really good team, really well coached team. And I like them to take care of business at home. The Philly fans are going to be, are going to be buzzing. So yeah, that's a, that's a tough game to go into and win in Philadelphia. Absolutely. Um, No, I I definitely get it. I I think in that, there's always that funny debate of does a bye week help or hurt someone? Like if you're an NFL football player and you've been playing football for, you've played 17 games over 18 weeks, a bye week is only going to help you. Your body is resting up. I, I never got that, that like statement that just negates I, I, like right there. It, it nips it in the butt. Like obviously they want a bye week. Like it just—it's funny to think about that. Unless you go out on a boat and you <laughs> yes. take the boat pick. Well, well yeah. I mean, it I'm hurts. Down. Then 
Odell's not not been uh, tied in friendly with uh, boats or planes. So yeah, then you then you curse an organization for seven years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, man. I remember. I think with the first week we were talking playoff pickums, you had made a um, a comment about Hertz being Hertz. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that'll help him. But the whole thing about like changing game plan. Uh, I think the Giants were lucky to find success changing their defensive game plan last week and, like, how well it actually turned out to work. But I don't know, man. They always say, like, do it got you to the party. Um, you got to just be careful when changing game plans like that. Um, but you know, I'll be interested to see. I think if the Eagles want to just continue steamrolling teams, they got to stick to the game plan and put it. Hey, I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts, but you're going to have to tote the rock a lot and you're going to have to make plays and push your body to the limits if that's what you got to do, man. That's what champions are made of, Yeah, um, the, the, especially in crunch time right now. The Giants' defense is what concerns me. Uh, I think their offense might show up, but their defense actually concerns me a little more. But we'll see. Uh, definitely going to be a fun game to watch. But I think the, the more tantalizing games to watch are on Sunday. Uh, you get the Bengals going into Buffalo, 3 o'clock kickoff. Um can we guess the lines on this game? This one's tough. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I don't even know which team would be favored in this matchup in Vegas right now. I'll take I'll, I'll take the Bills minus three and a half. Bills minus one and a half. Bills minus four and a half. Really? Um... Obviously, at this game being in Orchard Park probably helps that a little bit. Um, not that they put uh, home field advantage into picks anymore, uh, at least betting picks. But a rematch of a very emotional game, uh, a game that it looked like the Bengals were going to win, I mean, at least up front. Um, yeah. I said it as we came into this uh, segment. Josh Allen scares the shit out of me. Like, he – I know that's what has made him who he is in these tantalizing plays, but he kind of bit off more than he could chew. And what I mean by that is he was trying to get the ball deep. He was pushing it, forcing it. However, however, yeah, we, we go through these struggles on this podcast. Uh, I, I had to kick my cat out of my room because – He's not allowed in uh, while recording anymore. Yeah, she wants out. That's why she's acting up. Yeah, yeah. Well, make sure you feed her. But anyways, um, this the Bengals' offense looked bad, but I think the Ravens' defense is better than the Bills. I, I think the Bills are very vulnerable defensively. Um, but I'll let you guys uh, dive into this game. I think we got two teams that are not playing their best football right now um, or haven't been for, for an extended period of time. Um, shown flashes of who they are, but also made a lot of a lot of mistakes. I mean, like you said, Josh Allen is leading the league. And it's crazy. He's leading the league in turnovers, but he's also, like, second in QBR, which is just insane to think about. That's ridiculous. Everything that he does um, when he does it well. Um, and I'm still a huge Josh Allen believer, but um, because I just think he he makes mistakes, but he makes up for them. And you just hope that it's not in a in a 
just critical can't have it type position, which he typically I, I think he's still a clutch player. You know, I feel like when he turns the ball over, it's in situations where he still has some time to come back. Um, but playoffs, those are obviously you know maximized. So um, I this one's really difficult, and I kind of like almost want to be rooting for both teams, like as a you know without really having any stake. But uh, I'm just gonna stick with I, I need them to win here for sake of pick'em. So. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Bills to, to kind of get it together and, and win a really, really fun game to watch. Yeah, um, I, I originally had picked the Bills, and I think like if the Bengals had played a better game than what I had seen this past weekend, then I'd probably have more thoughts against this. But I don't know. The Bengals didn't really show too much. I think they definitely have more in them. Um, and if they're going to – they're gonna have to show that if they're gonna be playing the Bills, they're gonna have to pull that out. Yeah. And yeah, like you're saying, Josh Allen, man, it. I don't know. I just think he has that it factor, um, where he can just he just makes things happen. And right. Yeah, the Bills. It's like they do so well while making mistakes. Some teams' mistakes break them. Um, it's, you know, with the Bills, it's like we haven't seen that these mistakes are really breaking them. And they make crucial mistakes, right? Like red right. zone interceptions, yeah. red zone turnovers. Those are crucial. Those will cripple a team. Yeah. But with the Bills, it's something a little bit different. It's like they can still take that and come out and find a way to win. It's, I don't know, it's incredible. But, yeah, I'm still riding with the Bills in this game. Yeah, uh, all that talk, I, I still like Buffalo. Um, yeah. I don't think the, the Bengals are – uh, they just look vulnerable. They don't look great. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see. And then to wrap us up for the divisional round, fun game, Cowboys going into San Francisco or Santa Clara. Uh, Brock Purdy still rolling, still freaking rolling. What do you guys got for the line? I mean, if you're if I'm going off of just straight point differential, like the 49ers have blown out like every single team they've played, like recently, other than the Vegas overtime win, and a couple you know a couple other here and there, but a lot of blowouts. So I have a good feeling that Vegas feels that way too. I think this is probably as high as the Chiefs Jags. I want to go. I want to go eight points. Ethan? Um, yeah. The Niners, minus seven. It's tough, though, because like the Cowboys have had a few games where they put a lot of points up, um, too. But the 49ers, man, they, they're just sick. They're just sick. Um, I don't know. They look like a complete team. And they are just a, they are just a dangerous, dangerous team. Um, yeah. Niners, minus seven. Closest spread of the week, three and a half. Are you serious? Uh, I think maybe the the defense of Dallas plays a fact. Um, yeah. The Cowboys were one in four, I believe, against uh, on grass. Uh, yeah, I was going to say they're playing on grass, right? Um, obviously, that got put to bed uh, in Tampa. Um, but I think well. you're, they're going up against a much better line, uh, and I actually think it's going to be really close. Um, I think. Dallas can put up the points, but I think somehow Dallas screws this up. I think Brock Purdy 
sticks to the script, don't turn the ball over, uh, and you win this game. That's how I look at it. I think Dallas shoots themselves in the foot late in the game, uh, but I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, I hope it's not, but I, I think it is. Uh, and if Brock Purdy doesn't turn the ball over, San Fran's going to the championship game and wins their 12th game in a row. Yeah, it's one of those weird ones where I kind of just felt like the spread was going to be higher um, because the Giants, I mean, the uh, 49ers have won so many games by plus like 20 almost. Yeah. Um, but I also I do think the game will actually end up being close. So I would have taken the Cowboys to cover the spread. I just felt like the spread was going to be a little bit uh, bigger. But um, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a close one. I think the 49ers just continue to ride. The, the process that's been working for them. I think no one's been able to figure out the 49ers in the system. Um, and they're just putting Brock Purdy in situations to, to succeed, and they've got a ton of playmakers. Um, so I, I, I agree. I just I'm, – I'm not going to go against the, the Niners to lose here. Okay. Yeah, Niners, I, I don't see them losing this game. I, they're just such a complete – they're like they're – very, they're very well balanced for how good – and just dominant they are. Yeah. Um, and it's rare. Usually you see a team that just has one, right, they have, like, a huge explosive offense, but they have a lot of weaknesses. With this 49ers defense, man, it's like, I don't – I can't find a single weakness, really, when I look at them. Um, and this Cowboys team, I think you can rely on them to make more mistakes in a game like this. I was surprised to see the Cowboys get back to it last week, but I don't really know if we can call it that because the Buccaneers <coughs> just are just – Nah, not it. And they weren't it last week. So I don't know if it's so much the Cowboys had a really good game last week or the Bucks sucked or both. Um, yeah, I think it was both. Yeah, I think it's definitely a little bit both. But, yeah, Niners are just dominant. And uh, I can see the Cowboys offense putting up a lot of points and the defense might make a little bit trouble for Purdy, give them a little bit of adversity. But I don't know, man. Yeah. Niners. Uh, mind you, that was the first Cowboys road playoff win since 1992. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, they got That's, lucky they were playing the Buccaneers. That's crazy. Um, Daniel Jones did have as many playoff wins as Dak Prescott until that game happened last night. Um, just to throw with a little With one. Tip. Yes, with one. Um, but that wraps up playoff pickums. We all have the same picks. We all have the higher seeds winning. Um it also is the end of this episode. Um, I can't believe we only have three more weeks of football left. Uh, yes, I'm excluding the Pro Bowl. Uh, well, it's not even a Pro Bowl anymore. They're doing flag football, um, which is ridiculous. Uh, but, no, thank you guys uh, for hopping on again. I don't know if you guys have any closing remarks. Um, you just want to uh, reiterate, Kev, real quick, like obviously the – you and I both won three games. Um, so yes. we have three points. Ethan won all has six. six. So yep. he's got six. And then moving forward, sorry to steal the thunder here, but it's all right. moving forward, divisional games are all worth two points. Championship games worth three. Super Bowl worth five. Um, so as far as we know, our, our small brains know, everyone's still in play um, until we you know find out that, that we're not. So here's to a better week for uh, – for hopefully for all of us yes all of us yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um i i gotta see how it is because we all have the same picks this week so we won't move at all um 
you guys have the same Super Bowl winner. Uh, Ethan has a different Super Bowl pick, though, right? You have For the, the NFC, Eagles. yeah, I got the yeah, Eagles. Yeah, you have so the it's Eagles. And, yeah. It's open, yeah. Um, it's play. Yep. It'll be interesting. I think the Eagles are, are going to be very interesting. I think the Chiefs show up. I think the Eagles, I don't know what it is, but I think, you know, kind of limping into the playoffs, uh, you know, physically, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts being hurt. Um, I don't know. I think it, it's kind of the same situation as the Jags. Like they are firing, and I think this Giants team is is really, really they're firing. Like I I believe that, and I don't feel that with the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys might be better on paper, but um, you know an upset's coming this week. Like you just know yeah. it. Um, just depends where. Uh, obviously, if the Jags pull off the Chiefs, that'd be one of the crazier things that I've seen in, in playoffs, but um, we'll have to see. Uh, but thank you guys. Uh, I know we're recording this a little late. I appreciate your time. Uh, so until next week, uh, that's the end of the show. Signing off. Stay buzzing. Oh, we're buzzing. Stop.